this episode number 25 of the Curly W Live podcast. My name is Kyle Brostowitz, and I am again coming to you from the Curly W Live studios here at Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Thank you once again for listening to the podcast. Remember, you can always listen uh, to this episode, obviously, and all past episodes uh, through our blog, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, and through iTunes and art19.com. You can get to our podcast on both those platforms by searching Washington Nationals Podcasts. Uh, you can also find the podcast on other platforms, including Blueberry, CastBox, Google Podcast, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podknife, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Be sure to check out our last three episodes that focused on some of the new faces at Masson, uh, including Alex Chapel, Bo Porter, and our old friend Dan Coco. So for this episode, we're going to shift gears a little bit um, and talk some baseball with two guys that have had a tremendous impact on our organization for many, many years. Our first guest is a familiar face to a lot of Nationals fans is Randy Knorr. Randy will be managing the Fresno Grizzlies uh, in 2019, Washington's new AAA affiliate. Randy's uh, been around the organization for a very long time, different coaching roles, uh, coordinator, um, roving instructor, a lot of different aspects of that Washington's system. So as you may recall, a few episodes back, we talked to Paul Braverman, the media relations director for Fresno. Um, so check that out if you haven't. He'll give you a good uh, rundown on what we fans can expect uh, with our AAA affiliate. And this episode, we're um, you know talking to Randy. And after that, we will check in with someone uh, that has been around this organization uh, even longer than Randy and even since before the beginning of um, the Washington Nationals as you know it. He's a person that may not be as familiar to Nationals fans as he necessarily should be. So I'm talking about uh, Washington's minor league hitting coordinator Troy Gingrich. Troy is entering his sixth season as Washington's minor league hitting coordinator and the 2019 season will mark Gingrich's 16th year as a coordinator or coach in the organization. He started in 2004 as he'll tell us in his interview. So uh, he's been a hitting coach at every level of our organization from AAA down to rookie ball and um, as I mentioned, he is now our minor league hitting coordinator. Uh, any hitter or position player that has played for the Nationals, um, without a doubt, learned some of his craft from Troy uh, prior to getting to the big leagues. So he's an unsung member of our organization, so we wanted to chat with him about his role and his career path. So let's get right to it. Here is episode 25 of the Curly W Live podcast with Randy Knorr and Troy Gingrich. Enjoy. And welcome, Randy Knorr, to the Curly W Live studios here at 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. In spring training, these are crazy long days, and we were lucky enough to have an off day yesterday and a little bit of a late arrival today, so I appreciate Randy for taking the time to uh, come hang out with us for a bit. Sure, Kyle. All right, so spring training 2019, we got you know about a week left in Big League Camp. You'll be here for a little bit longer after that. So how spring training 2019 treated you up to this point? What are your thoughts? Um, and we'll start with that. Oh, it's been great. Um, I like hanging out with the big league staff. Uh, Davey and I go way back. We've oh, been yeah? friends for a long time. And, um, you know, just hang out with him, kind of hear his ideas. And I get to see a lot of my players because they're up here most of the time. And I haven't got sitting down yet, so that's a pretty good thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's been good. Uh, you know, it's, I, watch, I get a chance to watch a big league game. And then after that, they usually the players that are probably going to be uh, in Fresno or Harrisburg come in late in the game. And you get to see how they match up with after the, after the big league guys right. leave and see where they're at. So I've enjoyed it. And one part of um, these spring training games, you, you said you're in the dugout with Davey and uh, you're watching the games, is the second half or the second third of the game is kind of when the backups are coming in and, and you start to see guys that you might have in Fresno. Um, so how are you watching the game from there? Are you really locked in a little bit more of those last couple innings to kind of see what you got and see what you might be working with this year? 
You know, well, when I get out there, I, I, I'm there for Davey mm -hmm. and the staff in case they have any questions mm -hmm. when they have guys that they don't know. Mm -hmm. But I sit and listen. I listen because when these guys go in, I want to know what their thoughts are about them. Okay. You know, Davey will make comments and Chip will make comments and Hen, mm -hmm. you know, they'll make comments right. to each other. But I want to be an earshot mm -hmm. so I can understand, all right, say it's Jones. You know, what do they like about right. Jones? What don't they like about mm -hmm. Jones? Wilson, what do they like? Right. What they don't they? So I can be aware of that. So when I get them, mm -hmm. And then I watch them to see if they're on time, mm -hmm. hitting wise. Right. Are they in position? Because mm -hmm. we do a lot, some stuff differently okay. that I got to mimic the big league team, right. cutoffs and relays mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Are they getting to where they need to be? Mm -hmm. So I'm more listening to what Davey and, and, and Bogart says about the infielders right. and outfielders. And, you know, this guy, this guy, he, you know, Stevenson. I'm, I'm just throwing out. Oh, I no, I got you. Yeah, for but sure. like Stevenson, God, he, he, he always breaks back mm -hmm. and then comes in. He's. The ball falls in, you know, something like that. Right. Where I go, okay, maybe Stevenson should play in because mm -hmm. he's better going back. Right. So that's what I look for. So I can, right when I get him, I could start handling. Hit the ground it. running yeah. with him. Okay, cool. Uh, so actually, I got, I got to get back. I'll get back to the players in a second. But I didn't know the connection between you and Davey. Is that so? You guys play together? Uh, we or, didn't or play together, yeah. but we both lived in Tampa. Okay. And every year while we're still players, we used to work out together. Okay. We'd go hit together and. Uh, we went on a couple cruises together with the families, and uh, so I've known him a long time. I know all of his kids and mm -hmm. watched them grow up as well. And yeah, so we have some history. All right, yeah, baseball is a small world. Yeah, sure, especially uh, in Tampa. Yeah. For, <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting back to kind of what you're seeing in spring training, obviously rosters aren't set, um, so we don't want to assume anything at this point. But uh, it looks like you could have a pretty deep and talented and veteran club in Fresno uh, this year. So what have you kind of seen from those guys and thoughts on who you might be managing this year and um, you know, year 2019 Fresno Club. Yeah, it was, it was a lot like last year. Last year we started out, we started out pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, but the AAA team's only going to be as good as the health of the big league mm -hmm. team. And if we can stay healthy in the big leagues, it, it gets us, it allows us in Fresno to, to have the players mm -hmm. longer. If um, if they're hurting up there in the big mm -hmm. leagues, we I call it playing catch up. Where mm -hmm. We'll send Sanchez up there or Reynolds, or, mm -hmm. and when they get back, they go up there and they don't play every day. Mm -hmm. So when they get back, it's about them catching, catching up, up so they can get ready if somebody mm -hmm. else goes down. So, you know, as long as they stay healthy, we're mm -hmm. going to have a really good team in Fresno. The, the starting pitching staff, like you said, if it stays healthy, you know, you might have guys like Joe Ross or Eric Fetty who, or Henderson Alvarez who who have big league time, big league experience. That's got to help. Oh, yeah, especially mm -hmm. uh, we're going to get introduced to the uh, Pacific Coast <laughs> League with uh, Major League Baseball. Yep. So the balls will probably get hit a little further mm -hmm. and harder. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just an adjustment we have right. to make. I'm uh, really excited about going to Fresno. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it's just something different, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I think we're gonna have fun. So, what do you know about Fresno, uh, the organization? If you know anything about it, the city itself. Well, I know the owners, uh, mm -hmm. Michael and and the GM there. Okay. They, Derek, they've been absolutely wonderful uh, trying to get all this set up and getting a new team come in, and mm -hmm. you know, they're really communicating with them a lot. They're mm -hmm. excited about having us. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get there. I, I actually played in the PCL back okay. when I played, and my last game was in Fresno. So I have a little history there as well. All right. Um, what do you remember about that experience there? Um, you said it was that's where you retired, that's where you ended your career. Is that a, a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it was a good there? thing because yeah. I, I was ready to retire. Yep. So, uh, well, it was good. In fact, right before that, I was playing for Edmond mm -hmm. at the time, and the last four games I, I hit a ball off my foot, and my oh, foot no. was banged up. Mm -hmm. and. So the manager, Dave Huppert, was, he said, well, you know, why don't you manage the last four games here in Fresno? <laughs> so I did that, and I ended up pinch hitting myself in the last game. And uh, it was kind of funny. I hit a ball up the middle. Mm -hmm. It was the last out of the game. Yeah. I, the other team knew I was retiring. Mm -hmm. 
And the shortstop, I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember. I think it's F felt. Come running up the middle. He caught it, swung around, and threw me out. And we threw it. He went, oh, my God. That was his last out. Oh, no. So I could have finished up on a hit. But, <laughs> no, he made an all-star play on me and threw me out. Uh, now, we got a couple of fan questions, as we talked about before we went off the air. And that was a good time to – or before we went on the air. Um, that was a good time to bring one of those up from um, Thomas Carrasco. His Twitter name is Mouse005. Um, it's about the Fresno weather and the heat. Um, as I mean, it's all relative, right? You're coming from Syracuse, and now you're going to be in a little bit better climate in Fresno. Um, how do you prepare for that if you can at all, and what do you think the differences will be between where you're in Syracuse and Fresno? Well, Thomas, I will tell you this. <laughs> we won't have any games under 25 degrees like we did last Knock on year. wood. I, I think we had our first 12 games were under 25 degrees, mm-hmm. and that was very difficult. I, I know from my own experiences mm-hmm. that it's a lot easier to cool yourself off than it is to warm yourself up. Right. So I'm excited about the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the summer months when it's uh, 100 to 115, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll uh, you know, look at it and see mm-hmm. how our players are at the time, and we'll probably give them a lot of rest and mm-hmm. maybe hit and shifts and right. all that. Uh, we had their member of their front office, Paul Braverman, on a couple episodes ago, and he talked about uh, their promotions and um, their, uh, their affinity for food trucks. And, oh, yeah. And then on Tuesdays, they become the Fresno Tacos. I don't know if you've heard about that. I'm so all about I hope, I hope Fresno you're big tacos. tacos. Yes. <laughs> I hope you're, hope you're ready to eat, uh, what, what it sounds like. But it sounds like they have a great community there, and they really get behind the team. So um, I'm excited for all you guys to, to go experience that for sure. Well, I, I, the way I'm talking to the owner and mm-hmm. the GM, they do a lot of promotions, mm-hmm. and it seems like they got a great right. fan base. They've used to winning over the last few mm-hmm. years, so you know I'm hoping we could keep our team together long enough to, to – have the same experience. Absolutely. For them. If we're healthy up in the big leagues, you should have a pretty good squad down there. We so, should. Um, so as you know, um, you know Mike Rizzo, Doug Harris, Mark Shalaba, uh, they're not shy about moving young players through the system uh, into the big leagues. Uh, Mike always says the player tells us when he's ready. Um, so when you get your hands on a young player as a manager, whether it's been at the AAA level or when you've been at lower levels, um, what do you talk to him about? Like, what do you tell him about? what he's about to encounter, about success, about failure. What are those conversations like for you? Yeah, you know, I, I, and this is me only. I, I look at the player when I get him, mm-hmm. and my job is to get him to the next level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watch him play a couple days, mm-hmm. and I take ten things that he needs to get better at. Okay. And then I look at the top three. If they move him today, mm-hmm. he needs to know these three, and that's what mm-hmm. we talk about. Those three things that he's going to need to know to get to the le- next level. Mm-hmm. And I get it from low A ball right. to A ball, double A, triple A, and I do that in the big leagues. What does he need to know? If he gets moved today or tomorrow, right. I got to make sure I hit mm-hmm. those. And if they're there long enough, right. and I feel like he's got the three, and then I work my those, way those down. Those four through ten is. Can you recall off the top of your head a player that hit those three like instantly or like really fast, and and you had to kind of find four through ten and and move to four through ten quicker than the other guys? Well, Desmond was one of those players. Okay. Uh, I had him at an earlier level mm-hmm. though, but right. once I got him, I his he, he was so in tuned mm-hmm. into the game, and and he everything he said that we said to him, he picked it up super mm-hmm. fast and. We didn't have them very long because right. of that. But you, you want to make sure that they know when they walk through the door at the next level that they, whether it's, uh, hey, do you need to go in the manager's office right. and shake his hand right when you get there? Yeah. You know, stuff like that yeah. to, you know, hitting the right cutoff mm-hmm. man or, or not, you know, coming to the dugout after your strikeout mm-hmm. with two outs in the inning, <laughs> you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. that he's doing. Everybody's different right. with that. So you don't have a set 10? It's, it's you kind of build it around the player when, when you know they're getting them? Yeah, because okay. sometimes we get a player and he – in the top ten I had, he's already known it, so it's a different okay. ten. There's always something they could work on, and mm-hmm. you know when they get to me, a lot of times it's it might be attitude, it mm-hmm. might be 
you know, preparation. Mm-hmm. It could be conduct on the field. It could be, you know, not throwing enough strikes right. or, you know, not throwing enough balls, in, <laughs> for instance. And for sure. Or not having a routine. So there's a lot of things that we look at them, mm-hmm. and, and I got a very good staff yeah. that we sit back and we talk about it and mm-hmm. whatever we could do to get them ready. Uh, so part of the job of minor league manager is giving a player the news that he's going up, that he's going to go to the big leagues. Um, and every time we get a new player in D.C., the media always asks them, you know, who told you, how they tell you, tell us the story. So my first question about all this is, do you have a plan or philosophy of how you tell guys? Like, or is it kind of spur of the moment? Do you, like, do you tend towards uh, being serious or being a practical joker? What, where, what's your kind of philosophy on all that? Well, one, I'm never serious. So I, <laughs> but a lot of times, that. It's, a lot of times it's sprung on you. Yeah. So you don't get the plan for it. But mm-hmm. uh, we had a couple good ones last year with, I like the first timers. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy Cordero and, okay. and uh, Austin Williams were two first-timers. And those are the best. Yeah. I love sending guys mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jimmy Cordero, um, we, he left, so we found out he was already gone mm-hmm. home. And I actually had to call – Brian Dahlbeck was still there, so I had to call Brad, and I called the whole staff back. I said, hey, listen, we're going to call up Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I haven't called him yet. You guys want to get back here for that? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, because everybody wants to be mm-hmm. – so I called Jimmy and – I said, hey, I need you to come back to the ballpark. And he's like, well, what's going on? I go, I need, and I started getting mad yeah. at him. Like, you need to get back to the ball. I don't know why, why you did this, but you need to get back there as soon as you can. So I'm sure his mind's mm-hmm. spinning. and he's he, freaking out. He walked in. Well, he gets in, and uh, Brad's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so Brian had to go down to the, the cage mm-hmm. to get something. So when Jimmy came in, Jimmy came in the time that Brian mm-hmm. left, but Brad hasn't come back yeah. yet. And he comes by and he goes, well, congratulations, Jimmy. I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> Jimmy's looking at him, what are you talking about? And Brad, uh, Brian's like, no, 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 nothing, nothing. And then Brad walked in right after that, so then we got to talk to nice. him, and, and he was pretty excited. What about uh, Austin Williams? Do you remember that one? Austin was shocked. Like, yeah. he couldn't really say anything. He really? hadn't, you know, I, I was like, are you, you okay? Do I need yeah. to go get, you know, because Eric was there. I go, do we need to go get the doctor here? <laughs> But he was, he was shocked. He didn't yeah. really know what to say. I mean, he had a great year up until that point. I mean, I guess it's, it's you never expected as a player. But, I mean, he was having a great year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, and he really helped us. And he's having a great spring, too. I think I saw he's retired like 18 or 20 batters he's faced this year. It's, yeah. it's been great to watch him. You know, it's such a great story because mm-hmm. I saw him when he was going through his struggles. Mm-hmm. He came on the scene, and he was one of our best guys. Right. And then kind of ran into a funk. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so awesome. You know, I, have, I, I was um, – I was roving, so yep. I got to see him a little bit roving. But there, a lot of times he was on the DL mm-hmm. trying to re, you know, define himself yeah. again. So I didn't really get to see him pitch. But when he came up last year, yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Yeah. And I knew you just yeah. knew he was going to flow right through it. So we talked about two good stories this past year. Do you have an all-time favorite in all your years in our system? Of going up there, mm-hmm. you know, I was up there with all the good ones I had. I was already there because I was the bench mm-hmm. coach. Okay, that's right. So my. First, my, when I was there in the 11 mm-hmm. in AAA, I, I don't think we sent too many guys up there <laughs> that year. So, no, no, those two were the best. Well, were you, the, you were in, were you in Harrisburg in 13? No, the I was year? there in 10. Okay, yeah, I think in 2013 was the year we, I think we had like seven or eight guys go straight from Harrisburg. Yeah. Like the Rendones, Taylor Jordans. And we'll end uh, with the, the interview today with um, your own story getting called up. Do you, want, do you have a good story about that at all? Oh, yeah, when all I got right, called so up the it. first time. Yeah. Well, I was with the Blue Jays at the time, mm-hmm. and it was uh, the first – it was September 1st. Mm-hmm. or Yeah, September 1st. It was in the morning, mm-hmm. and Bob Baylor was our manager, and he called me up. And uh, he's a jokester, a practical mm-hmm. joker. And so he called me up in the morning. It was like 8.30 in the mm-hmm. morning. He goes, hey, I just want to let you know you're going to the big leagues. I said, I am? He goes, yeah, why would I be calling you at 8.30 in the morning? <laughs> 
So I was excited, yeah. you know, I called my parents. Yeah. So I get to the field, mm-hmm. and usually when you call somebody up, you don't play them that day. Right. So I get to the field, I'm going, I'm going the next mm-hmm. day, but I got to go to the field mm-hmm. for the last mm-hmm. day. And uh, he, I'm, I get to the field, I'm in the lineup. <laughs> so I kind of look at the lineup, I'm like, whoa, you know. Yeah. So I walk in there, and I poke my hand in, and I go, hey, am I going to the big leagues? He goes, yeah, you got a problem with going to the big leagues now? I go, no, I just <laughs> want to know. He goes, yeah, you're in the lineup. I said, well, I mean, you kick everybody else out of the lineup. Right. He goes, what, you don't want to play? I'm like, no, I want to play. <laughs> I don't want to go to the big leagues. But I, I, you know, he goes, listen, we got a chance to be in second place here. I said, second place? He goes, yeah. So get ready to play. Mm-hmm. So I get out, and, I, and I'm a big guy anyways, mm-hmm. like shoulder-wise. Mm-hmm. And that whole game, for like the first two innings, I tried to get as small as I could back there. <laughs> so if anybody foul tip. And then finally after a while, I said, just play. If you get hurt, you get hurt. Right. But I was nervous going mm-hmm. all the way up there. Like, so you knew you had to just still to play in your AAA game before going to the big Yes, league? that wow. day I did. That, that, I think that's pretty rare. Yeah, so this he, day and age. he made us play. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, Eddie Zosky, and somebody else went mm-hmm. up at the time. Maybe Hankin. Hankin didn't have to pitch, but mm-hmm. Eddie and I both had to play. Really? And we're talking, everybody's like, don't get hurt. I'm like, come on, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Randy, I appreciate the time. Um, I know you got a lot to get back to today. Um, so good luck this year. I'm sure we'll see. We'll talk a lot during the season, but we'll be putting for you out in Fresno. All right, well, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, sir. Awesome. And welcome, Troy Gingrich, to the Curly W Live studios here at the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. I always joke that the studios for the podcast are wherever I am, wherever the recorder is. Um, so right now, this morning, we are in the cages here at, at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Troy just finished up uh, morning workouts with the minor league guys, and uh, he's taken a few minutes to join us. So thanks, Troy. Yeah, no problem. He caught me in my office. Yeah, exactly. Um, how many minor leaguers, I kind of just hit me while I was walking over there, the, the cages were, were packed. So... Um, how many minor leaguers are you working with on a day-to-day basis down here in spring training? Right now we're about 80 to 80, 82 uh, position players down here. Okay, and that'll get cut down to how many in the system total? Um, with extended, well, each affiliate um, uh, full-season teams has 12, so okay. we have four of those, so that's 48. And then we have um, extended where we usually keep 25 to 30, so it's about 78. All right, so... I gave your bio in the open of the podcast and just wanted to take a chance uh, during this interview to help fans get to know one of the people in the organization who, number one, has been here almost the longest, or the longest, I, I'm not sure where, where would the rankings fall, um, but um, you, you kind of you have an impact on every hitter, I'd say, that comes through our organization that we draft and develop, so I want to give fans a chance to get to know you a little bit um, and learn about what you do. So uh, going back a little bit, uh, you joined the Expos right after four years of pro ball. So first off, uh, the Troy Gingrich scouting report. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I, I uh, signed as a fifth-year free agent out of uh, University of Arizona okay. in t- 2000 and uh, played all the way through 2003. And I came to uh, spring training in 2004 as a player. And up to the third day before uh, we broke to go to camp is when they uh, asked me if, uh, if I would ever been interested in becoming a coach. Okay. And they still had a spot open in Vermont. And so that's where uh, I had to think about it for a couple of days. I went home and talked to my dad because he mm-hmm. was a big uh, influence on me in my career. And I uh, talked with my wife and uh, turned out uh, I always wanted to be a coach. I just didn't know it was going to be then. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seemed to be a kind of a good opportunity. So they were going to re- uh, release me. And uh, I didn't feel like going to play independent ball. Yeah. So I thought it was a good opportunity and a hard one for me to pass up. So mm-hmm. I did it. I took the job in 2004. and. Went to Vermont and and uh, now I now we are here where we're at today. So who would be the most rec- recognizable name 
uh, that fans, you know, would know that you worked with um, on one of your first teams? Ooh, 2004, let's see. I had Luke Montz, who was a catcher. Mm -hmm. uh, he got to the big leagues with us, I believe. Um, I think that's – I'm sure there's a couple other right. guys that I'm forgetting. But uh, they, Luke Montz, who got to the big leagues. Um, okay. So if you could sum up um, your role now um, as the minor league hitting coordinator in a couple couple sentences, what, what does that job entail? Uh, being the coordinator now, you're basically just – we're running our program. Um, mm -hmm. I work with my hitting coaches daily. Uh, okay. We talk about guys. Um, you know, the big the big thing we're trying to do is get them in a good, strong hitting position. Okay. And uh, once we're able to do that, uh, then it's just about repeating it and, mm -hmm. and repeating. It and we make small tweaks here and there. Mm -hmm. But for the big, the big thing is getting making sure that they're getting into a, a good hitting position, mm -hmm. and then we kind of go from there. Is that kind of one of the first things you? You talk to guys about when we draft them or sign them, um, and they, they come and talk to you the, for the first time. When uh, when we get new uh, drafted players, we have a 30-day no-touch policy. Okay. So we just we we want to see what the, why they were drafted, and so we watch and we talk and we come up with um, some plans that we're going to do mm -hmm. after those 30 days have passed. Mm -hmm. um, so we have an idea of what we're doing. We're, I'm in constant communication with um, all seven of the hitting coaches okay. that we have here. Um, and just talking about the players because uh, they're my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been lucky, fortunate since I've been, this is my sixth year, I think, as a mm -hmm. coordinator, that really the only person that I've lost is Joe Dillon because right. he went to a different organization and he's came and now back, he's back with us. With us yep. But uh, I've, I've been able to keep all uh, my hitting guys, and they're unbelievable mm -hmm. how much time and, and effort they put in the right. changes and, and the work that they do. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to have those guys that I have. Now, during the season, what's your communication like then? What, is it uh, a big group text, or, or how are you how are you talking with those guys and checking in on players? Uh, it's a phone call for the most part, okay. usually once a week. Um, we'll talk for about an hour. They just okay. kind of give me a rundown on who's doing well. Mm. Um, if they've made any if, if they made any adjustment or changes with some of the guys, they let me know. Um, okay. I I trust them. They 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 basically are just fourteen other eyes of me gotcha. of me now. So. Okay. Jumping back a little bit into who you are as a coach, if you could kind of sum up your um, your hitting philosophy in a couple sentences, what would it be? Whew. Um, the the, uh, the the first thing is just uh, want guys to get to a strong hitting position. Okay. Uh, that's that's the, that's the biggest thing, and then once that is, and you are able to repeat that mm -hmm. in the games, is just is being on time and swinging at your strike, swinging at your strikes, not mm -hmm. not all the strikes, but especially when you're in hitters counts, we mm -hmm. want you to be able to drive pitches that are that your pitches that you want. Did that philosophy evolve for you as a coach over the years, or is it something you've always had as a player, and that kind of just transitioned into your coaching career? Um, I didn't really think about that as much as when I when I played. It's, mm -hmm. It definitely has transitioned more yep. to as a as a coach. And I mean, I can't imagine what I was saying back compared to what I'm yeah. saying now. Um, but yeah, it, for me, every year I'm I'm, I'm still learning uh, things as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, and now with different terminologies being used in today's game, right. and a lot of things being taught differently mm -hmm. and and things like that. It for me is just basically still just. We're just we want to get guys mm -hmm. to a good hitting position and, and we're teaching our guys to be complete hitters gotcha okay so jump ahead to the once the regular season starts we'll break camp here uh, in a couple weeks or so what's your regular season routine like um, from a day-to-day -day, your day-to-day life your day-to-day -day preparation mm -hmm. uh, you're the coordinator so you can't be in six affiliates at once 
Um, so what's your day-to-day -day life like once the season starts? Well, for me, I'm, I'm a little different than everybody else here. Only mm. me and Therm, we live on the West Coast. So uh, after spring training's over, I, I typically go home for about almost two weeks. Uh, we want guys to go to their affiliates, get used to being mm -hmm. with their team. Mm -hmm. You know, they got to get a place to live. Mm -hmm. um, they usually have four to five days before their season starts anyways. Right. And then uh, like for them to play for at least a week before we go into right. town and so I'll go home for two weeks and then I'll go out. Um, I stay out a little bit longer than most people just because mm -hmm. I lose a day flying out yeah. east and lose a day flying back mm -hmm. west. So I usually go out anywhere from 20 to 23 days. Mm -hmm. okay. And uh, I like uh, flying into Reagan. It's, <laughs> it's kind of my hub. So yeah, there you go. They got better rental cars there too. <laughs> so I, I usually take the red eye and land like at 5 in the morning to beat the traffic. Mm -hmm. And I'll either go drive to, to Potomac, mm -hmm. to Hagerstown, or to Harrisburg. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, then I just kind of, I'll be at each affiliate probably three to four days. Mm -hmm. And I'll try to see all of them along with, well, it was Syracuse back right. then. I w but now I, I get to all fly back home and I'll go up and see, see Fresno. Fresno for three to four days. Mm -hmm. And I do that pretty much until the middle of June. And then uh, once the middle of June gets going, um, we'll have six teams going. So mm -hmm. I have to go to Auburn and yeah. uh, down here, here, Florida. But I come down to extend it a couple times during during that time too and mm -hmm. then i also go over to the dominican three times a year oh wow so are you checking the app and milb.com and box scores constantly uh yeah i have the, <laughs> the alerts where yeah. we score and and who does right. who does what and then um i always uh go through and we mm -hmm. get the the game report sent to us and okay. i check that to see that and rate all the comments from the hitting yeah. now i know you don't want to be selfish but um is there a player that has come through the system uh and then eventually played in dc that you're especially proud of um, in terms of the work you put in, the work of the hitting coaches, um, the player himself. Ian Desmond. I had Ian, uh, Ian Desmond uh, in 2004. We actually got to Vermont the last week, but uh, we were we were together for a lot of his minor league career and uh, built a relationship. I still talk to him daily, mm -hmm. or not daily, but two or three times a month. Yep. Um, He's one, Danny Espinosa and another, Roger Bernardina is another mm -hmm. one. Um, it's, it, you impact so many players that you hope, Tyler Moore, uh, mm -hmm. Juan Bardozzi, mm -hmm. those kids that you're just so excited that they actually, when they finally get to the right. big leagues, Corey Brown, uh, just just guys that you build relationships mm -hmm. with, that you work with them every day, you build those relationships with, you're so happy to see them. So Des Desi was drafted in 04, so was that your first year's coaching? Yeah, correct. Okay. So there you go. There's another big leaguer for yeah. you on that team. Yep. Um, uh, now I kind of want to do some word association with you. Okay. Um, we just talked about some of your former players that you're really proud of. What about some of the current guys we have in our system? I, we got a list of about 10 names or so. Um, some names fans might know. Some, you know, they might not know yet, but that's kind of the point of this, this exercise. Mm -hmm. Just give me a one or two sentence scouting report on what you see it, um, about them or what you know about them. So we'll start with the big man, Juan Soto. Uh, him and Harper, the two youngest players I've ever seen with that potential. Okay. Uh, Victor Robles. Uh, a stallion. <laughs> stallion. Yeah. He's just, his, his body control, um, ever since the first time I saw him over in the Dominican at mm -hmm. 16 years old, he's mm -hmm. just, he wants to go. He's, he's, he's just, yeah, that's how I kind of sum him I up. think I'll think of that every time I see him run down a ball <laughs> in the outfield now, stallion. Yeah. Uh, Carter Keeboom. Keeboom knows how to hit. Okay. Um, a guy who not necessarily has never been a top prospect, but has grinded through this organization for almost as long as you have, uh, Adrian Sanchez. Couldn't be prouder that he got right. to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. 
I think we're all in that same boat yeah. with, when it comes to Sanchi. Um, Yasiel and Tuna. Smooth. Both Smooth. sides of the plate. Okay. Uh, draft pick from last year, uh, Gage Canning. Electric hands. Okay. Uh, Israel Pineda. We call him Pumba because he <laughs> looks like Pumba from the Lion King. <laughs> all right. But uh, has a lot of potential both sides. Well, uh, Luis Garcia. Who loves to play the game. Okay. Uh, you see Luis Garcia, he's smiling all the time. All right. Good to hear. Um, sounds a lot like Juan Soto. That's correct. Uh, uh, Tres Pereira. Uh, he was the most talked about player we had last last year in the fall league. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any reason why or anything? Just he's he's just very intriguing. Guys, he, how he handles the staff behind mm-hmm. the plate, his swing is improving, uh, has a chance to be a really good player. Uh, two more draft picks from this past season, Jacob Reinsmith, who fans have seen in a couple big league games uh, during spring training. Very smooth swing mm-hmm. from the left side. And the last one, Cody Wilson. Explosive. All right. Now, you've been, been the constant here throughout the years, um, but at the same time, we've had hitting coaches at the big league level that has changed. How do those changes impact you, and what do you do? You try to learn from each hitting coach that we have come through the big leagues? What's that? What are those relationships like? Um, the first few years when I was at the lower levels, I didn't really communicate so much with, with the big league hitting guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since I've been in AA and AAA and now as a coordinator, uh, especially as a coordinator, the communication is, is very big mm-hmm. uh, to have with those guys. Just learn their philosophy, yep. their words, their talks. Um, Mitchell Page, um, Rick Eckstein, uh, Rick Shue, mm-hmm. um, now Kevin Long. Mm-hmm. Just just hearing about those guys and, and their philosophies, words that they use. Mm-hmm. Uh, now as a coordinator, I try to mimic like with Rick Shue, and I always had a good relationship. He was the hitting coordinator when I was a hitting coach, okay. and then he got the big league job, and then okay. that's why I got the hitting coordinator okay. job. I mean, yep. um, and now uh, learning Kevin the last couple of years, and uh, both of us being Wildcat guys. And, <laughs> that's and, right. Um, and Chip Hale, too. <laughs> that's correct, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just kind of knowing where he came from, mm-hmm. and I went to school the same place he did, and mm-hmm. knowing a lot of the philosophies and things that he got, mm-hmm. I got from, from being at U of A, too. So it's it's important just to know what they're trying to teach and uh, so we can try to implement the same thing down here in the minor leagues. All right. Well, Troy, thank you for your time. I know you got a lot going on today, um, so I appreciate you stepping into the uh, – or me – allowing me to step into your office for, <laughs> no, no for, for a couple minutes. Thanks, buddy. No, no problem. Kyle. All right. Bye. Thanks to Randy and Troy for joining me on the podcast and taking time out of their uh, busy, busy mornings here uh, at, in spring training. So great insight from those guys. Again, we really appreciate their time. I'd also like to thank Thomas Carrasco for the question about the Fresno climate and how it will kind of be a difference from uh, what we've experienced in Syracuse the past couple of years. So I will connect with you via Twitter, and we will get you a shiny new 2019 media guide. All right, Nats fans, we are closing on our opening day, uh, a week away exactly as we record this on March 21st. So remember, single-game tickets are on sale at nationals.com, so be sure to get them before they're gone. And I guess next time you'll hear from me, I'll be recording from the Curly W Live studios up in Washington, D.C. So we look forward to our next podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening, Nationals fans, and we'll see you next time on the Curly W Live podcast.